Hey, we're back. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Minus one person, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Stephanie's moved on to bigger and better things, but we didn't come alone this week because there's no, we didn't. There's two of us, so alone doesn't apply when there's two people. Well, I mean, <laughs> logic. Right. Yeah. This is the internet. What it's... are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a third person with us this week, though. We do. We have a very special guest this week. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Quite the musical guest, actually. Uh, yeah. 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 Way more musical than we are. Uh, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Well, go ahead and in- introduce our guest here. Let, let, let everybody know who we are talking to. Uh, we have the wonderful Dana Jean Phoenix, the synthwave siren, joining us today. Ooh, I like that. Synthwave siren. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> hey, Dana. So glad to have you on the show today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I love that introduction, Synthwave oh. Siren. Yeah, yeah. I, I read that somewhere when someone was talking about you, and I was like, oh, that's, uh, all right, that's her name now. <laughs> Sounds like an awesome video game character. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> and it actually kind of fits with your music as well, with the, the, the synth, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, it works out well, I like it. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the album artwork, the 16-bit character. I mean, somewhere out there, there's got to be a video game de- developer that should make it or could make it happen. Right. Yeah, I would play the hell out of that. (laughs) We talk about a lot how I kind of stopped playing video games um, after the Dreamcast ended. Uh, So (laughs) my brain still sort of lives in the 8 and 16-bit world. So, you know, this new new crop of, like, indie games is great because they're all, you know, they all look like old games. (laughs) Totally, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's get a little bit of background information here. Um, Let's go, go ahead and how did you end up finding about... Um, yeah, so Andy, like, let's get going here. Okay. Let's, let's, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll sure. get more information about this because I listened to that album for the first time this week and I loved it. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> um, so thank you. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was just kind of messing around online and um, I found this uh, humble bundle like website called Groupies. It's G R O U P E E S dot com, um, and they do bundle stuff, right? So it's like, hey, for four bucks, here's you know twelve albums, or for twenty bucks, here's you know three hundred comics, or whatever they're doing. Um, and there was one that was called the Future Eighties Bundle, and I didn't realize that was the name of a record label. I was just like, oh, Future Eighties. So it's music made today that sounds like it's from the eighties. All right, yeah, let me check that out. And it was three bucks for like twelve albums, and I was like, all right, cool. Uh, and there's one on there by a group or artist called Miles Prower, um, which astute video game fans <laughs> will recognize as uh, the Sonic character Tails' real name. Um, and one of the tracks had uh, Dana Jean Phoenix as one of the guest vocalists. And uh, I was like, well, I'm a big X-Men fan, so of course I'm going to note, you know, remember the person whose name is Jean Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of was like, well, let me see what other, what else, you know, she's done or whatever. And I, uh, it was right when her third album, Synth City had just come out. Um, and I listened to it and, uh, liked it and bought it on Bandcamp. And then Dana emailed me thanking me for the purchase, um, which was great. And that's sort of what started all of this actually. (laughs) Mm, Um, yeah. You saying thanks was like, oh, cool like she actually cares that people are buying her records and not just listening for free on spotify all the time um yeah that's what i love about Bandcamp is that it really does allow you to connect with everyone who is supporting your music yeah um and you actually i think i can't remember how i came to your website but i think you had like a link to your artwork yes um and i checked out your artwork which was really rad oh thank you yeah so for anyone listening you can go to psychoandy.com and find some of my stuff there um, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that Bandcamp. I was looking at it uh, yesterday at your website, or your Bandcamp part of the website anyway. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't realize you could go on there and buy physical media from people. I, was, I just I thought it was just one of those, like, you could go down there and stream stuff and buy digital albums. and Because it's mostly what I'd seen from people. Right. And then seeing right. that you can actually get on there and buy a physical copy of your album, that is fantastic. Because yeah, physical media totally. <laughs> is definitely something that I am a huge, huge fan of. I love actually having a CD to pop into the CD player and listen mm-hmm. to. Having some album art, I think that's a, just something that is sorely lacking anymore. But mm-hmm. so, how did, how did you get started in synthwave? 
When Synthwave? Well, I was uh, in theater school at the time. This was probably about seven years ago. Okay. And uh, and I had lived uh, previously in Toronto, so my theater school was just outside of Toronto. And mm-hmm. I had been touring and, and making music with various uh, bands. I used to go on tour as a lead singer with a band from Canada called God Me Me Funky, which was like a funk kind of electro yeah. electro project. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and I had also toured as a backup singer with them, as a backup singer for this uh, singer called Julie Black, and she's like kind of the R&B queen of Canada. Mm. And uh, so while I was at theater school, I was kind of away from all of my musicians, musician friends, and I really wanted to still write music and create music, but I just didn't have access to them because, you know, these long, long hours at school. So I reached out to a bunch of SoundCloud producers, uh, really got into the synthwave genre and uh, just kind of asked them, hey, could I write a song and record some vocals over your uh, your instrumental? And uh, from there, just sort of snowballed into different producers reaching out to me and yeah. Wow, fantastic. So it sounds yeah. like you've been doing music for a long time then. Yeah, yeah, a long time in different kind of, uh, you know, var- varieties and, and that. But uh, Synthwave started about seven years ago. And it's just incredible to see how it has snowballed and grown quite organically into this, you know, great supportive scene with a lot more live shows happening and a mm-hmm. lot of artists are touring now and so we're all sort of connecting now after having this relationship online for several years it's really cool neat neat well how did you get started in music then how long have you been doing it did you start as a little kid with like a, a violin from school doing practice or is this <laughs> something that you just developed on your own where, where, where did your passion for music come from yeah, well, I started uh, piano lessons when I was really little and uh, grew up in a very musical household. My parents were always playing a ton of music when I was growing up. Um, and I went to an arts high school, so it was like totally a fame vibe. You had to audition, you know, sing and dance and, and do things drama. Um, so I had a very kind of artistic upbringing. Um, and in Toronto, I, I studied jazz, I studied theater. So I've been doing this a long time. I, I sang in my first band, you know, when I was like 17 years old. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've really been doing music my whole life. And I have always known that's what I wanted to do. That's fantastic. Yeah, that sounds a lot like me in uh, any sort of illustration. <laughs> right? Oh, wicked, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I just, I started as a kid and, and just kind of fell in love with it. And started then, drawing on the wall and never stopped? Yeah, basically. And then my dad introduced me to comic books and I was like, oh, well, okay, so that's that's a thing I can do. Um, <laughs> you know, and then I found out comics are super competitive and I was like, well, let me go into graphic design. <laughs> right, so. yeah. It's always nice too when you've got a, a parent or parents that uh, encourage that, right? And they introduce you to it and yeah, so yeah. it's nice to hear. Definitely. Yeah, my parents never had a problem with me wanting to do art. They were like, I mean, make sure you're making money at it, but uh, yeah, go ahead and do whatever you want. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and now I do it professionally here at Voice America. So. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so one thing I've noticed, Dana, is that uh, when when I've seen the videos of you on stage, you are, are always playing a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what brought that about? What what inspired you to get the guitar and and pick that up and start jamming? I think it's just a, such a badass instrument, um, and I am a piano player that likes to rock out like I'm playing guitar on stage. So you know, I'm being inspired by by Prince and also Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who back in the day used to play guitar for yeah. Janet Jackson. Um, she's got this great music video for her song "Control," where they're like just dancing to the you know playing these guitars in the background. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, that'd be so rad if I could <laughs> if I could play that. And uh, it was like one of the best, you know, experiences I put on the, the, the guitar and it was like putting on a superhero cape. I instantly felt like <laughs> this superhero. So oh, yeah, it's awesome. so much fun to play. Yeah. I've always wanted to know, like, was there a learning curve when going from, you know, actually sitting down playing piano keyboards to going to the guitar? Was it, was it difficult to adjust or was it one of those things that just kind of came naturally from playing piano for so long? It came pretty naturally. I would say, you know, uh, you don't have the benefit necessarily of uh, being able to see what your hands are playing. So uh, you've really got to practice to kind of feel your way around. I practice all the time. But I have to say my guitar is so intuitive that um, the learning curve and actually getting it to do the sounds I wanted, you know, wasn't didn't take that long. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wondered about that because you just look at it. It just it's like one of those like. 
How? Yeah, but you sit one, and it's yeah, one of your hands is upside like, down yeah, that way. Yeah. How do you? Yeah. I can I can I can't even play a normal guitar, so the keytar just boggles <laughs> my mind. So. Well, yeah, being a piano player, I think uh, it's just the natural uh, natural progression for me. Um, but I play a little bit of guitar as well, and oh. um, that's a completely different set of, you know, muscles and technique, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I tried guitar once. It didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried once. It stopped. But I feel like you could get like a really badass like 80s sounding chorus pedal and no matter what you play, it's just going to sound like awesome. It's going to sound amazing. That's probably true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, speaking of the 80s, uh, you mm-hmm. know, your, your music obviously has a very heavy 80s feel to it. So what are some of your biggest inspirations from the 80s when you're, you're coming up with songs and, and melodies and, you know, just even the lyrics that you're going to? What are some of your inspirations for those things? Um, definitely like Prince and Jimmy Jam, who I mentioned, uh, Janet Jackson, I listened to a lot of David Bowie growing up, um, Michael Jackson, um, yeah, just, uh, Cyndi Lauper, Madonna, obviously she's a huge inspiration of mine as well. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Now, a lot of your music, uh, just I've noticed a lot with the synthwave stuff. It kind of, and especially with yours, you know, the the pixel <laughs> yeah. part of it. Uh, it. You know, a lot of video game, you know, reference and influence there. Uh, are you a big mm-hmm. gamer, or is that just something that it just it's a happy coincidence, or? I'm not a huge gamer, um, but I do, you know, from time to time, like to like to play here and there. Um, but like the old school systems are definitely yeah. like my favorite. Sure. My favorites, the original Nintendo system. I used to play that, you know, just so much when I was a kid, and yeah. Super Nintendo mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, so can't beat the classics. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you have a particular game that you still will find yourself going back to, like now? You know, if you're like, hey, I got some time, play some games, anything that you'll just pop in? Uh, definitely some Mario Kart for sure. Oh, fantastic. that was like my go to game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> GoldenEye, I used to play that a lot as well. Sure. Um, yeah. Oh, man, when I was a kid too, I played a ton of Mortal Kombat. That was like my favorite game. Oh, I'm a big Street Fighter guy, so but I, ah, okay. uh, but I, I have played enough Mortal Kombat that I can hold my own. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about like '80s style m- movies and stuff? Are there any of those that uh, that you draw inspiration from when it comes to your music or in, just any aspect of, of your your career? There are there any of those that are particularly uh, memorable or that you you think about when you're trying to find that like perfect piece of inspiration? Yeah, the the sort of '80s aesthetic. Um... Uh, Labyrinth. I love that movie. That's uh, always one that I pop in when I need to kind of cheer up with David Bowie. I mean, the soundtrack <laughs> to that is incredible. For sure, um, definitely. Yeah, The Breakfast Club. A lot of those John Hughes films. Back to the yeah. Future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I love like Scarface as well. Al Pacino is just one of my favorite actors. So, yeah, I love uh, I love gangster movies. Yeah, a lot. So you, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I love see that it. '80s aesthetic. You can't see it, but Josh and I both have giant grins on our face, and we're just nodding back and forth to each other. <laughs> yeah, all these movies are ace. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have a particular favorite movie? Just, I mean, I know you listed a bunch of inspiration, but is there any, again, anything where you're like, oh, I need to kind of cheer up? I mean, I guess you said that with Labyrinth, but um, any, you know, what is your all-time favorite movie if you have to pick just one? Oh my gosh, if I have to pick just one. I know that's oh, a that's terribly so unfair question, but. What was I just talking about the other day? I don't know if you're a fan of the Christopher Guest films at all. Oh, sure, like yeah. Spinal Tap. Yeah. yeah um, he has one called Waiting for Guffman. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite 80s. It's uh, I believe it's early 90s, but it's like yeah. all those you know comedic geniuses like Catherine O'Hara and right. Eugene Levy. Um, it's Christopher Guest, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's such a hilarious film. Um, and if you've done any sort of you know theater at all, right. you yeah. just, it just... It's so relatable. I'm pretty sure it's it's like required watching if you've done any kind of theater or anything. I, I don't know if yeah, you can get through a class yeah. without having to have to watch it. Yeah, I was, I was oh, the go other ahead. day of that movie and I was like, yeah, I have to I have to watch that again. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, definitely a classic. Definitely a classic. Um, now with with uh, like all the uh, the synthwave stuff, are you guys? Is there any kind of like? Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like any kind of like big uh, music festivals or anything like that that the synthwave is doing, or is that something that just hasn't materialized yet? Or 
so um, just this past weekend, um, Outland, a promotional company from the from London, UK, they just put on a big, huge festival in Toronto, in my hometown. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, seven acts were on the bill. It was uh, Michael Oakley, Parallels, Mecha Mako, um, Time Cop 1983, FM Attack, uh, Calyx, he's from Glasgow. It was just a stacked lineup um, at a pretty infamous club here in Toronto called the Mod Club. And we just we packed it out. It was incredible. And people flew from all around the world to come to the show. There were people from Miami, from uh, Amsterdam, from Germany, from oh, London, so cool. Ireland. <laughs> like everybody flew over for the show. And there was also a lot of local people as well mm-hmm. um, and surrounding areas uh, in the, you know, uh, in Canada. It was incredible. It was absolutely amazing. So there's a few of those festivals happening. Um, last summer, I played a festival called the Neon Festival in Rhode Island. Um, yeah, that one was, was awesome. that was uh, that was weird. I was just finding out about you, and like that happened right as I was leaving, uh, visiting family in Boston, and I was like, oh, oh no, no, if way. I'd known, yeah, like like if I had planned my thing, oh, like a week later, I could have gone to that, and uh, it just yeah. just wasn't meant to be. <laughs> that was such an epic weekend. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there are a bunch of these different festivals popping up. There's also Retro Future Fest. Um, in the UK as well. Um, so it's definitely very exciting to see these different uh, promoters and companies pushing these synthwave festivals. And sure. the audience is there, and, and people are willing to go to the ends of the earth to be a part of these amazing events. And I just feel so lucky yeah. to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and even on the smaller uh, smaller shows, like I'm going to go see Time Cop 1983 tomorrow night. We're recording this Friday. I think we're going to drop oh, it tomorrow wicked. on Saturday. But, yeah, I got my tickets. I'm going to go see him at the Nile here in uh, the Phoenix area. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah so at, uh, I've performed uh, live with him three times now. We uh, first did our uh, collaborations, Dreams and Don't Let Go, in yeah. Stockholm, Sweden last year. Oh, wow. And then performed again in Darmstadt just uh, a few months ago, very recently. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, performing in Toronto just this past weekend. So we performed on stage together yet again. Oh, but he's, so cool. he's absolutely amazing. Such a prolific writer and a really cool guy. Just the best guy. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Um, hey, so speaking of the collaborations you've done, uh, that's actually... A, Fantastic segue to question I wrote down. Segue, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, like, you've done a lot of collaborations, because every time I turn around, it feels like someone has you doing vocals for them. Um, is there anyone in particular that you really enjoyed working with? Anyone you'd want to work with again that you haven't had the chance to? Um, Oh boy, yeah. Uh, I've been really fortunate to work with uh, the best producers. Um, okay. I have to say, uh, I've worked with uh, Power Nerd a few times. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're they're definitely um, they're just so awesome. I've played two shows with them now in Vienna, in their hometown. Uh, and they're just incredible musicians, um, incredible producers. So we're definitely going to be doing more together for sure in the future. That's awesome. Um... Yeah. Do you have any cool, like, behind-the-scenes stories from any collaborations that, you know, we don't get to see because all we get is the the music and maybe the videos at the end? Hmm. Behind-the-scenes stories. I mean, like, um, I, don't, I don't want to embarrass anyone or anything, but, like, if, you know, is there any, like, funny anecdotes or, or you know, someone walk around a corner into a cake or anything? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's all it's all pretty amazing. Like they're they're always they always go so smoothly, and uh, I really enjoy it, everyone that I work with. And oh, there's not really anything that um, particularly stands out. I'd have to think a little bit harder, but uh, no, it's always uh, a smooth uh, a smooth collaboration every time I I work with somebody. Fantastic. That's... Are there any non synthwave <laughs> collaborations you've done lately? Um. Yeah, sometimes I do uh, like uh, help co-write for like some jingles and stuff like that. So sometimes, uh, Hmm. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but but a lot of most of the stuff that I do is is synthwave. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Um, Now, just uh, because I've I've been trying to, I've had one of your songs stuck in my head for a few days now. Just can't get it out (laughs) of my head. But uh, how do how do you go about writing uh, the actual melodies for for your music? What is it? What is your process? Is it like a you get the melody ahead of time and then you start building on it or is it one of those things you just kind of sit down work on your lyrics and then build the melody what, what is your process 
I typically like to start with a melody. Um, I've I'm just as a singer, I've always grown up just kind of humming along to music and especially instrumental music as well. I love to kind of just hum and improvise different melodies. And I also went to jazz school where we did a lot of improvisational stuff um, and scatting, you know, all that that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So I really do like to just kind of jam on a, on a track that somebody sends me and come up with the melody first. And then, uh, and then I find that the words will eventually come, uh, depending on what I'm inspired by that day. All right. Yeah. Wow. Josh, song has yeah. been stuck in your head? Uh, it's the very, I'm probably going to get the title wrong because it's just, it's been stuck in my head. Uh, I think it's the losing, it was the very first track that, and then the remix of it were both fantastic. Uh, the oh, losing a connection or losing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's that a total was, earworm. Um, it's fantastic. By, oh, thank you. That was a track produced by by Power Nerd, who I just mentioned. So yeah, excellent. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really good. It's, it has been stuck in my head since the first time I heard it. I listened to the entire rest of the album, and then that first track was still stuck in my head. From <laughs> it, I just sitting going like, what, what, what oh, song so- is that? Oh, <laughs> that one is so fun to perform live too. I, I do that in my live sets, and oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Yeah, it's a, it's I a play great guitar song. in that one as well. Yeah, yeah, it totally popped in my head. I just in my head was sitting there, just had an '80s style video in my head where somebody's <laughs> chasing another person and like constantly, like oh, just missing them, and all around the area there's just like neon straight out of like. Uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China there at the very last po- like boss fight thing where they're doing where there's a neon around absolutely everything. For some reason, that just pops in my head every time I start humming that that song to myself. It is a great song. I, I was really impressed oh. by that one. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, oh, I totally just had something and it, and I, my brain just went blank. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any types of like songs or... Uh, not necessarily have to be a specific song, but a uh, like a just anything that you'd like to cover or do a song about that you haven't been able to had a chance to do yet. Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. Um, hmm. Songs that I'd love to cover. I have so many songs that I, I would love to cover. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of 80s funk stuff that I would love to cover. I'd love to do covers of different Prince songs, but I just feel like you can't, it's impossible to cover a Prince song because you just, it's, you can't do it better. No matter what, you're not Prince. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 Um, even, yeah. Oh man. Maybe some like, um, classic movie soundtrack songs. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Joked about this with a friend a while back that I would love to see somebody like just a group of artists go back and just redo like the Goonie soundtrack, just oh, do a straight yeah, cover so of an entire soundtrack. Yeah. You know, just that yeah. that'd be fun. A different artist for every song. You know, just little that things could like be that. Pretty that'd, cool. that'd be you know just yeah. a fun little throwback nostalgia kind of thing. I mean, this isn't necessarily a synthwave group, but um, the Cybertronic Spree, who are a Transformers cosplay band. Yes. Um, they just yeah, had a, yeah. yeah, they just did a Kickstarter um, f- where they're covering the 86 Transformers yeah. movie soundtrack. Um, and I get in on that one, so that'll be showing oh. up here in the next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and they're fantastic because they go all out. Like, oh, they yeah. Full costume. The light. Man, yeah. they're impressive. Um, one of their concerts is on YouTube, and they have Starscream call in while they're on stage. <laughs> That's fantastic. And it's, it's like, brutal. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. Like, this yeah. is a thing that, you know, there's only so many people who are going to get that joke, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, so... <laughs> Well, Dana, I haven't gotten to see one of your shows live yet. So, what is, like are do you guys do like a big, uh, you know, pyrotechnics like crazy stage show? Or are you guys more about the music itself and the single artists? What kind of a, a stage show do people have to look forward to when they go to see you? Uh, well, I've recently really been into program programming my own lights for the show. Mm. Um, I've had a lot of fun with that, um, and especially through Ableton, there's a lot of great capabilities with that. Yes, and yes, there is. Yeah, so Ableton is a um, lot of fun I definitely to, have to play some, around with. Some lights that are synced up to the music, and uh, I coming from kind of a more theater background and and playing with different uh, really high energy bands in my past. I really do like to put on like a very high energy show. Uh, I jump around and, and dance a lot, and yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love to shred some some crazy solos on my guitar too. So <laughs> yeah, you can expect, yeah, lighting and a lot of dancing and uh, a lot of guitar action. <laughs> So I've seen, I, I mean, obviously I haven't seen you live, um, 
because you haven't come out to Phoenix, which is, you know, I feel like that's kind of a no-brainer with your name. But uh, <laughs> huh. um, but I know touring is tough. Uh, but it looks like you, you have, like, uh, light-up boots and a light-up, like, uh, hairband. Yeah, I have a light-up tiara. Okay. I have um, light-up earrings as well. Oh, awesome. I have uh, light-up shoes, too. Yeah, everything. I just I want to be lit up like a Christmas tree, basically, when I perform <laughs> on stage. The more lights, the better. Oh, and my, my keytar, Jareth. I've named my keytar after the Goblin King in Labyrinth. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he lights up as well. So, yeah, Excellent. the more lights, the better. And he yeah. has your initials on him. Yeah, yeah. I did put my initials on them. Yeah. <laughs> so during the stage show, do we at least get one jumping front kick while you're jamming on the guitar? Oh, yeah. Is that sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. As, as long as that's in the stage show, I'm sold. <laughs> that's your one requirement. <laughs> Especially with a guitar. Yeah. i got to see that. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. A lot of, uh, of head banging. So uh, insider secret behind the scenes, that glow-up tiara that I wear, I have to... Just put a ton of bobby pins to secure it in place because oh, I sure. I just love to you know headbang and <laughs> uh, jump around a lot. So definitely a lot of hair clips uh, to keep that in place. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and hearing yeah. The, the 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 giddiness in your voice when you start talking about the Ableton, really, that I love hearing that because I always love going to uh, concerts that are kind of from that Trent Reznor school of thought where. You put mm. a crazy light show and just you make it a crazy interactive experience for your live events and just mm -hmm. make it something completely unique for your fans mm -hmm. when they're there. That way, like, yeah, you got the album, but it's not the same as getting to see it live. So that's yeah. cool that you're, you, you've got that, that enjoyment and that, that enthusiasm for it because that makes all the difference in the world going to see somebody live when they, they are up there and they are putting on a show that they're going to enjoy for the fans as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I definitely uh, want people to come and have a crazy good time and just I want all the senses to be, you know, overloaded. So lighting <laughs> definitely helps with that, you know, mm -hmm. so, yeah. All you're missing is the, uh, the cinnamon bun spray like they got at Disneyland and it'll be <laughs> it'll be a full sensory experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, obviously... 80s are a big inspiration for you. So growing up in the 80s, what were some of your, your, your favorite, like, cartoons and stuff to when you were growing up? What was, like, one of the things that you couldn't do without from your childhood when um, you were getting, um, growing from up? From my childhood, uh, I watched a lot of X-Men. X-Men was my go-to yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I grew up on the on the Simpsons and Ren and Stimpy. I was a big fan of Ren and Stimpy growing sure. up. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. I've actually been watching a lot of Doug. I found all like almost all of Doug, uh, which you know aired at the same time as Ren and Stimpy. Like someone just put all of it up on YouTube. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, like the show title cards are in German, but the rest of the show is just left alone, like no subtitles or anything. So, other than not knowing the name of the episode, like you could just go watch old Nickelodeon stuff. Um, oh, amazing! Uh, you got yeah. yeah, I haven't checked yeah. to see if if Ren and Stimpy is on there, but. Uh, I'm sure yeah, it'll be somewhere. I, yeah, yeah. It's the internet. <laughs> Take five minutes, you'll be able to find it. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite theme song from any of those cartoons? Uh, I was actually just going to talk about how amazing the theme song is to X-Men. Like, it's just so good. It's so epic. Yeah. So speaking of covers, maybe I'll have to do an X-Men theme song cover. Yeah. That could be cool. That could um, be a lot of fun. Uh, Ron, Ron Wasserman wrote that theme song, um, and I've I've caught some videos of him like critiquing other people's covers, and he's like, "Yeah, people always miss this note and this note and this place and and over no here." No way! Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's um, hilarious. And then Ron Wasserman went on to do like the Power Rangers music <laughs> for like ten years. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a great show. I yeah. grew up on that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> It was another one of those that you just, as soon as a battle or anything would happen, just like the adrenaline, whoosh, yeah, up super quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, so when you were watching all those, when you were watching X Men and Ren and Stimpy and stuff, uh, what were you snacking on? <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't remember. Um... I mean, was it just like Lucky Charms, or I don't? I mean, you're up from Toronto, and the most in-depth interview ever. Yeah. You know, I was I really was a fan of I don't eat really much cereal anymore, but Reese peanut butter puffs. Oh yeah, those were um yeah yeah candy for breakfast. Yeah, for sure. 
so how long has this album been has been out, and do you have another one coming up? Or are we are we going to get, be getting another album soon? Yeah, so Pixel Dust came out in September, and that's what I've been currently touring on. Um, but uh, I am currently in the writing process right now, and it's um, going to be a record that's a collaboration with another synthwave artist. So, <clears throat> yeah, we'll be having another uh, record coming out very soon, actually. Fantastic. Awesome. When can uh, people mm-hmm. look forward to getting some more information about that? Um, in the coming weeks, I would say, because uh, we're looking we're looking to release it uh, fairly soon. I don't know exactly when, but uh, yeah, um, definitely keep your eyes peeled on my my Instagram and my my Facebook. For those who don't know, J- Dana Jean Phoenix uh, is what you can look for there, mm-hmm. um, and my website as well uh, and Twitter to to see for any updates in the coming weeks. All right, fantastic. Well, we definitely have to make sure that you mention those a couple more times so that we can get yeah. as many people as we possibly can yes. to your socials and everything. Because if if you haven't listened to her, any of her music yet, you need to. I hadn't heard of her until recently, until Andy was like, you've got to listen to yeah. this. <laughs> Threw it at me, and I, it just, it's just it been in my head since. I was just, okay, this is great. We, we've got to talk to her. I absolutely love this. Uh, and uh, speaking of, of your stuff, I actually saw a T-shirt that Andrew, Andy, I can't talk, uh, mentioned or uh, showed me recently of uh, this fantastic pixel art of you with your keytar and everything and like wings and, you know, just is that uh, like your official logo? Is that just a fun T-shirt that you had made or is that? So that's uh, album artwork from Pixel Dust. Uh, so I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great to do a T-shirt with that artwork on it? Because mm-hmm. I have uh, stickers made as well that I sell at my live shows of that um, 16-bit eight character or 16-bit character. Mm-hmm. Uh, people responded really well to it, so I decided to make some T-shirts with it. Yeah, it looks like something that should have been from a game I I played on my Super Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's totally. great. Yeah. Like- I know- that was through uh, Red Redbubble, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so I have a new merch shop opened up uh, on Redbubble, so that's where people can look for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, that when I bought the Pixel Dust Deluxe Edition with the physical CD, um, I you stuck you, you threw up a bunch of stickers in there, and I was like, well, I'm, I can't not put these somewhere, um, and <laughs> and you know because I'm a big '80s nerd junkie, right? I go and I play the Transformers trading card game, and I put it right on the binder of all my extra cards. So uh, every time I'm at the oh, shop amazing. and people are looking through stuff, like there is you know little 16-bit Dana. Hanging out. Yay! <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I'm honored. Oh. <laughs> that, that character, too, it, it looks like it should be straight out of, like, a, if they had made a Final Fantasy game with a musician, that should have been the character. Yeah. It's perfect. I absolutely love it. It's yeah. Just, it, it, it is a great, great representation. Who's the artist, artist that made that for you? Um, this artist was, uh, let me just check, uh, Harvey Dent is his name. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Is that his I actual know, name, right? or is that a stage name? <laughs> that's, that's or? His, that's his yeah, his stage name or his okay. artist name. Okay, yes. okay, okay. <laughs> Either way, it's fantastic, and <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's yeah. too perfect. It's too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Making pixel art by day and terrorizing Gotham by night. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, um, <laughs> that I wasn't expecting that answer. That totally threw me off. <laughs> so, have you, have you been seeing a, uh, a growth in the uh, fan base for the synthwave stuff in the past few years? Because I know, uh, just from my personal perspective of it, that I've I didn't even know that there was an actual official name for the genre. I just always thought it was just oh yeah, it's retro eighty style music. It's, you know, I didn't actually realize that there was a, a you know a full name for it until you know not too long ago and. When I started looking into it yeah. more, we were like, oh, my goodness, there's a ton of people that are doing this. Are you seeing yeah. a big growth in the fan base as well? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, going and touring Europe uh, twice in a row, um, definitely the shows the second time around were were bigger and better. And um, just the, the promoters, everyone I, you work with is just absolutely top-notch. The promoters, uh, the different artists that I play with just amazing and the crowds keep getting bigger and bigger it's really amazing to see and uh the outland show um that we were talking about earlier that just mm-hmm. happened this past mm-hmm. weekend in toronto was just such a cool um just you know just such a cool sign that the scene is really bubbling and people are so passionate about it so has, yeah, the, uh, has any of the hollywood 80s nostalgia helped bubble over into the synthwave place or, or fandom so are you guys getting a, any carryover from like the stranger things crowd and stuff going like oh man i like yeah, some of this music sure. to put in here 
Yeah, I think so for sure. Like people are getting more into that kind of uh, retro synth style and um, yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. I think that definitely, definitely helps to see a lot of that retro nostalgia pop up in our popular culture today. So yeah. Yeah. yeah and it seems like the eighties nostalgia is in full force right now. So mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. I'm not complaining. I've been enjoying no, it. Right, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get a masters of the universe <laughs> movie pretty soon. So I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Keep it up with the age nostalgia. We keep bringing it on. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's funny, right? Like that you say it's eighties nostalgia is in full force right now, and it's like it kind of hasn't not been in full force for almost like fifteen years, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like because I remember in two thousand two, like we got the new Masters of the Universe cartoon um, and like Transformers Armada, and like there was a Ninja Turtles reboot, like all right in a row, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, so we're doing the eighties thing, right? And I have been kind of waiting for it to turn into nineties nostalgia, and like we're just kind of at that teetering point right now. Where I'm starting mm-hmm. to see more kind of Saved by the Bell stuff than, like... Yeah, I think it's kind of like but, you're starting to see a lot more animation stuff that's referencing 90s things. Whereas right. the movie side mm-hmm. of the industry is starting to go towards the 80s stuff a little bit more right. now. So, yeah. like, it's almost yeah. like the animation's mm-hmm. a few years ahead of the rest of the industry. Which is strange, because it takes longer to do animation. <laughs> but Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and not, and I, listen, not that I'm complaining, right? I was born in 82, so, like, I kind of grew up in the late 80s and early 90s, so it's all just you know, fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you said, you, you, you know, you did a lot of theater and everything like that. Uh, have do you gotten to do anything like collaborating with your music, especially with any movies or anything like that? Yeah. Um, Time Cop 1983, uh, our collaboration uh, Dreams uh, was placed in uh, a couple of Netflix films. Uh, one was called Coin Heist and the other one was uh, You Get Me. And as well, that song popped up in uh, a Crossing Souls uh, game for uh, PS4. Um, oh, cool. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So Is that something you guys are looking into is trying to do more like video game soundtrack stuff or is that just a happy oh, coincidence? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Time Cop 1983, that was uh, came about on his end. But yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, the way the, the future for sure is collaborating on more, more films and uh, and game soundtracks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 And with the, sure. the power, you know, in people's hands for content creation now, like I'm sure there's going to be a, a huge, huge, huge opportunity for, for people that aren't getting to do their synth way professionally to collaborate with people as well. So that'll, that'll mm-hmm. be great for, yeah. you know, for everybody involved. That's, that's great. So yeah. question. Now you talked about how you've been doing music for a long time since you were a kid and everything, you know, your passion for music and you knew that's what you wanted to do. Well, unfortunately most mm-hmm. people don't get to do what they wanted to do always. <laughs> so did you have any jobs when you're trying to make it, trying to get into the music, you know, working in the theater younger, was, were there any just horrible jobs that you had to work in, in your, your times that you were like just oh, a little bit longer yeah. and I'll begin to make music? Horrible jobs, eh? Um, I've always had really good jobs. I uh, worked at a record store for a really long time. Nice. So I would just uh, blast, yeah, I would just blast like amazing music all the time. I loved that job. Um, I will say my very first job, I was a hockey player when I was little, uh, being a a good Canadian. I uh, (laughs) played a lot of ice hockey. And uh, one of my very first jobs, I was uh, a timekeeper keeping the score on the oh, board. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So it was a lot of, uh, a lot of cold, uh, cold winters in a, in a, um, an ice rink. <laughs> you know, record store <laughs> is a job that I think these, fe- these current generations and future generations are missing out on. That was a yeah. job I had when I was a you know, young kid getting to work at a record store. And I learned about so much more music from just going like, what the totally. heck is that? Mm-hmm. From some random oh, CD yeah. on the shelf going like, What? Okay, I gotta listen to that. I gotta figure mm-hmm. out what this is, mm-hmm. and you know, and also can just can talk shop with somebody in a record store. Mm-hmm. Just, that was so much fun going in there and just you know, oh yeah, leafing through a bunch. We have of old regulars vinyl. that would come in all the time, and we would just get into these lengthy conversations about you know, have you checked out this album and mm-hmm. music yeah. history, and yeah, it was yeah. just it was. I had There's a reason High Fidelity so is one of my all-time favorite movies, and it's partially because the nostalgia yeah. of working in a record store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And John Cusack is just always, always well, yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and Jack Black, that was one of his earlier films. Yeah, that right. A lot yeah, of people totally. don't even remember that he was in that. Like, right. Go, well, that's right, he was the music snob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, you know, this is going to be some more random questions because, you know, we're going to do this the most in-depth interview you've ever had, so we're going to make you think about things. Um, have you ever been to an amusement park? Uh, yeah. What's your sure. favorite There's, ride uh, you've ever been on? My favorite one? My favorite, oh, favorite ride. Um, <laughs> hmm. 
Because mm-hmm. it's completely random and it's going to make you think. While you think about that, I'm going to give a little background on why this question is on here. I got asked this at a job <laughs> interview once. And I was like, that's the best random question to ask somebody. I'm, I'm, it's an on-your-toes question. That's why yeah. I liked it. When I saw it, I went, I'm yeah. using that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that uh, in my hometown in Toronto, we have an amusement park called Wonderland. Okay. And, um, Is it Alice in Wonderland themed? Pardon me? Is it Alice in Wonderland themed? No, oh, okay. no, it is not. Um, I suddenly was about to buy tickets. By, it used to be owned by Paramount, so it used to be Paramount Canada's Wonderland. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I, I think that changed a few years ago. But uh, they have a ride there called the Leviathan, and Ooh. it's like something crazy, like a 97-degree angle drop um, from the highest peak. Um, it's amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, so it's one of those like just straight drops, or is it an actual roller coaster no, it's an actual roller coaster, okay. but you're just facing completely forward on that oh, first boy. initial drop. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that that sounds. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love roller coasters, but that moment where you're coming up over that crest and you just you feel your stomach drop as soon as it goes down. Uh, I love yeah. and hate that so much uh-huh. at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a love hate relationship. That, that is. I mean, I loved it as a kid, and I hate it as an adult. So it's. You yeah, there you go. Uh, there you go. Um, <clears throat> but I will say that uh, it's actually as much as we hate waiting in lines for these rides, they're mm-hmm. actually quite a good thing. I went uh, to an amusement park one day on a fairly rainy day mm-hmm. before the schools let out and went on. I think it was Le- the this ride that I'm talking about, the Leviathan, like four times in a row. Oh no! And I was I just felt so dizzy afterwards. It was in, it was insane. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I guess these these long waits are actually a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Canopy Lake Park in New Hampshire is another one of those smaller amusement parks that if you're not in the area, you kind of don't know about it. Um, and they have a ride called the Turkish Twist where um, it's, a, it's a room, like a circular room, and you walk in and you stand up against the wall and the room starts spinning, right? And as it picks up momentum, you're stuck to the wall and the floor actually drops out from under you. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and um, I went on a like end-of-the-year school field trip um, back when I lived up in New England, and uh, a couple of us went on it like three times in a row. And it, yeah, it was kind of a rainy day. And, you know, it was like the middle of the week. So the only people there were us and the you know kids that had already gotten out of school. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the end of that third time, a couple of my friends were like, let's go again. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And I just I sat there with my head between my knees like. This oh, is, no. This is, this is a bad day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, to your point, yes, absolutely those long lines are, are probably a good buffer for a lot of oh, us. Yeah. Yeah. Give you a minute for your stomach yeah. to settle. Yeah. All right, random two-part question here for you. Mm-hmm. What is the favorite venue that you've ever gotten to perform in mm-hmm. for just, just the sheer, just it was so much fun to get to play in? And the other one would be what was your favorite venue that you got to play in for the sound of the venue? Oh, wow. Oh, man. Um, Can you tell well, Josh is an to... audio guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have to say uh, Europe is absolutely incredible. They just have like the most top notch um, sound people, top notch clubs and venues ever. So everywhere in Europe was just absolutely amazing to play. But uh, getting to play a night arcade in Amsterdam is a I'm gonna butcher the name, but the uh, venue is called the Milkweg. Um, in Amsterdam, and that venue is absolutely incredible. Yeah, just um, just a wicked vibe, amazing staff, and incredible sound. That was uh, a real treat to play. Nice, nice. And is that that probably your favorite one, just for the experience of it as well? Oh man, I, I can't really say favorite. I mean, they're all kind of my favorite, but um, but I was just kind of blown away by just the uh, the quality and, and level of professionalism there. It was, it was really fantastic. And Joel, who's the promoter of uh, Night Arcade, um, he's just uh, absolutely fantastic. Just takes care of you from start to finish. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Was there a, a now? You said with this European tour was, uh, and you said that you've seen. Uh, rise in the attendance and everything from from one to the next. Uh, with mm-hmm. this second tour, was there a lot more venues that you got to go to? Uh, did you see the size of the venues get bigger, or was it just mostly the crowds that were getting bigger? Yeah, for sure, both. Uh, bigger venues, bigger crowds. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, really encouraging to see just uh, more and more people coming out to these things, for yeah. sure. Are you seeing a pretty yeah. uh, a big, diverse age range with the, the groups? Is it a lot of young and old? Is it mostly young? Is, is What is the, the age range for a lot of these? Yeah, there is a pretty good age range, I would say. Um, yeah, in Outland this past weekend, we had some people that were definitely a little bit older, which was awesome to see, but but young people as well. Um yeah, it's really all ages, uh, for sure. But I would say kind of people in their 30s, there's a lot of people in their 30s, I would say, and kind of late 20s as well. Yeah. Which is so, it's just yeah. so awesome to see uh, people that maybe didn't necessarily grow up in the 80s mm-hmm. are really resonating with this kind of the, this retro and synthwave music. Yeah. It's pretty cool to right. see. They yeah. missed out on the first wave when it was new, so yeah. get into the, <laughs> yeah. the synthwave, right? Exactly, yeah. Go. Did you say missed the wave when it was new in reference to new wave on purpose? Okay. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. <laughs> Nicely done. <Yeah. laughs> um, who are some of your favorite other synthwave artists? Like if, if you were like, well, other than my stuff, you should go check out who? Oh, man. And trick question because uh, you so can't many. say Time Cop 1983. Right. Because <laughs> we've already mentioned him enough, and I'm already seeing him tomorrow. So, <laughs> um, That's right. Um, so I think um, there's a lot of amazing uh, female synthwave artists that I'm just so into, and they mm-hmm. really inspire me. I just met Jessie Fry the other day, and she's absolutely incredible. Um, Nina, when I was in Europe, I got to play two shows with Nina. Oh, Nina's great. Uh, her music is actually absolutely fantastic yeah. uh toronto i just got to play with uh parallels uh who are a synth uh, synth pop band here in toronto and mecca mako as well we've done uh, two collaborations one for her album and one for mine oh right uh, yeah she, yeah she produced a song on my album pixel dust called be all right and i um co-wrote a song with her on her album called cold okay. and uh she's an absolutely incredible uh, producer i really love her music um yeah and uh just there's a lot of really cool female synthwave artists out there i would say so uh that's definitely inspiring for me and just for any of our listeners that might be uh want to look up these uh jesse fry is that uh spelled like the food french fry is the f-r-y-e is or is it a is it a unique spelling do you know uh, it's, uh, Jesse, uh, Fry is F-R-Y-E. Okay. All okay. right. Just that way everybody yeah. can, can look that one up because those are yeah. three more that you definitely need to go listen to. Yeah. Oh, and then, and Mecca, yeah. Mako is Mecca, M-E-C-H-A, like giant robots. And then Mako's M-A-I-K-O, correct? That's correct. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I mean, if we're going to send people to other places, we want to make sure they can find them, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so, uh. Speaking of touring, there is this concept of glamour and glitter and fortune and fame when you're a touring musician. Um, is your life actually like the legends of crazy Motley Crue parties where you're, you know, stapling furniture to the ceilings or, or anything <laughs> like that? Or... Oh, man. Well, I have to say, I mean, you've really got to be on your A game, especially when you've got three gigs in a row and you're flying from place to place and you're spending the bulk of your time in airports. Um, It can be be really grueling. So I I, I don't like to party too much so that I make sure, you know, that the the show I have as much energy as possible and I'm Mm -hmm. always putting on a consistently good show. But uh, on the other hand, uh, you're getting to meet just the coolest people everywhere you go, um, the coolest artists I've met so many incredible artists and and promoters as well just like everybody who's involved in the synthwave scene are just mad cool um i've met different um bloggers uh, i've met luigi donatello who has uh yeah, who's got a, that crazy a, a, youtube a channel exactly yeah i got to meet him in amsterdam so i mean you definitely uh get to hang out with these people and just have you know the most fun time ever so it's definitely like glamour i would say getting to meet all these people for sure Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So no, no, no crazy uh, fights in the middle of the street. I don't know. No, 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 no fights. Throwing beds in the swimming pools. Though, none of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> twice now on both of my European tours, my first stop uh, on each tour was Vienna with Power Nerd. Okay. And uh, both times, my keytar got completely lost by the airline. Oh no! What? Yeah. Yes. It's the craziest thing. And they were different airlines, so we can't just chalk it up to, <laughs> you know, the location or the airline. But right. the first, it was just a crazy coincidence. The first time um, the keytar was lost, they, they found it. I believe, like, the next day they shipped it to my hotel or they, they 
okay. drove it to my hotel okay well, the morning of the gig so i didn't really have to panic too much but okay the good. motor silent booking he already had like a key turn queue he called all of his friends and he had one ready for me so i was so grateful to him for that um and then the the next year just this past april i think it, yeah april i went back again and the airline uh, completely lost my keytar. And I even intentionally went a few days <laughs> earlier. Was like, you know, if, in case they misplace it, I'm going to be there a few days earlier. So nothing can go wrong. And they completely lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> misplaced it. So I had to, I mean, Power Nerd, they were great. Silent Booking, the promoter I worked with over there, he's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. They had like five different, you know, keytars set up between the two of them um, for me to use for the show, which was incredible. But I was like, well, if they've completely misplaced my keytar, I should just buy a new one because I need it for the rest of the tour. Right. Um, so I, I bought a, a brand new keytar at a music shop in Vienna. And, uh, and then wouldn't, you know, five minutes before sound check, the airport drops off my car <laughs> to the venue. They literally texted me like 20 minutes before and they're like, we have your key tar. Should oh. we drop it off at the hotel? And I said, well, no, I'm at the venue. And they, they dropped it off at the venue. So I had my original key tar for that gig five minutes before sound check. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm glad that has yeah. a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're going to so need to start buying a second guitar. seat just for your keytar to right. make sure it doesn't get lost. <laughs> yes. Yeah, or just leave one permanently in Vienna because it just seems like... Yeah, right. yeah there, you go. there you go. <laughs> Have a European yeah. keytar and a, a, yeah. a North American mm-hmm. continent read keytar. It'll yeah. look perfect. Yeah, yeah. And that just speaks to just the nature of the of the people in the synthwave scene and the people I get to work with. They're just... Yeah. They're, there with you 100%. I mean, they were just on the phone right away when I told them I had no keytar. Um, just the best people. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Dana, we're, we're almost out of time. We just got a few minutes left. So I got one more question, and then we'll have you give out all your contact info again. Uh, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh, that's... Uh, yeah. See, you didn't end with a hard enough one. That I know. I know. All right, fine. What's your favorite junk food in general? Um, salt and vinegar chips. Oh, she's That's a good choice. Yeah. Two, choi- two good yeah. choices in a minute in yeah. a row. That, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, hey, we're almost out of time. So, Dana, uh, where – I know you said in the middle of the show, but now that we're at the end, where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on uh, Bandcamp. Uh, I encourage everybody to go there to, to get the record pixel, my new record pixel dust, as mm-hmm. well as my other ones. Um, so that is uh, danagenephoenix.bandcamp.com. You can also find me on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, on Twitter. That's at Dana Jean Phoenix. And my website, which is www.danajphoenix.com. All right, fantastic. Well, definitely check her out. Go uh, to that band camp, listen to some of the songs, buy Mm -hmm. a physical CD while you're there, Mm because that is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Check out her social medias. Um, Do you have any upcoming tour dates? Um, Right now I'm in the works of uh, booking some more tour dates, so uh, stay posted on my uh, social media sites. I will be announcing some soon. And also if you want to get some really cool T-shirts, you can head to my Redbubble store as well. Just search for Dana Jean Phoenix when you go to Mm redbubble.com. Yeah, go pick up one of those 16-bit character shirts. Those are awesome. Mm -hmm. I have have mine. They're they're great. I have mine, and I'm going to wear that to the Time Cop 1983 shirt uh, show tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. Extra branding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, You were an absolute joy to talk to. And, you know, thank you so much for what you're doing because your music is great and you're getting out there and you're, you know, this this entire synthwave music movement is something that's up and coming. I'm, I'm enjoying the crap out of it. Um, uh, like, thank you so much. It's uh, been so much fun talking to you guys, too. All right. And, uh, hey, if you want to find more of our stuff, you can find us at Atomic Monsoon on all the social medias, uh, Atomic underscore Monsoon on Instagram, Atomic Monsoon at Gmail, AtomicMonsoon.com. I mean, we're easy to find. It's Atomic yeah. Monsoon everywhere. So There you go. Yeah. All right. And until next time, everybody, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.